welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Well, good morning, His Church. We're so glad that you're in the house today. I'll tell you, we have a special treat here with us today. We have Rubia Scott here from out in California, and she recently starred in the movie Unplanned. It's a movie uh, really unveiling the abortion industry, what it's been doing through Planned Parenthood for many, many years. And this is something that's dear to our heart. We're a church that loves the unborn. We stand for those, and we believe in the right to life. God used Rubia in a massive way. She worked with Prince in the past uh, when she was younger. Uh, you might have uh, watched her on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was a big Buffy fan. I'm so glad you're here. And, and recently, you've seen her uh, on Unplanned. You'll also get an opportunity to watch that tonight. She's going to come and she's going to share her heart. She's going to talk to you a moment about where we are in America. She's a woman that's full of the Spirit of God, a born-again, Spirit-filled Christian that's doing something to change the world in the entertainment industry. Come on, His Church, stand up on your feet. Let's give her a big hand clap as she comes. We're so glad you're here today. Good morning, beautiful people. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, His Church, for welcoming me. I wanted to say thank you to the pastors, but I heard they are suffering for Jesus in Hawaii right now. <sighs> what I like to think of it as they are, they're paving the way for me to go behind them, right, to follow up what they're doing there. Um, so yes, I am here from Orange County, California, where I live with my husband James and daughter Gemma. I brought a picture for you to see. Oh, there they are, right there. That's my beautiful family. So that picture was taken last year on the set of Unplanned. Who here saw the movie Unplanned? Oh my gosh, very few of you. <gasps> well, those that did, are you a little scared of me right now? No? <laughs> I play a very intense character. And uh, every time I speak at a church or I run into people, uh, everyone runs up to me with a big smile and they say, oh my gosh, I hated you so much in the movie. And I say, well, uh, you are not the first and you probably won't be the last. Um, the film is a true story and uh, I play the head of Planned Parenthood, a very intense character. Uh, many of the reviews that have come in have likened my performance to Cruella DeVille. <laughs> yes. And, and people are shocked when they find out that not only am I a Christian, but I actually retired from acting about 15 years ago when the Lord called me and I walked away from my career and stepped into full-time ministry. So that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years. So I've redubbed myself the Christian Cruella. So you can hashtag that if you want. So, okay, I know a lot of you have not seen the movie tonight. Are we aware that tonight we're going to do, the producers were so awesome, this is the first time they, they have allowed me to do this, uh, to host a, a private screening just for you here in the church. I know, isn't that awesome? 
So six o'clock tonight, we'll be here, and I'm gonna be here too. So after the film, we'll do a Q&A. I'll share some behind the scenes, really cool stories about the movie, and we'll do all that tonight. But just to kind of give you a little tidbit, let's show the trailer so you get a sense of what the movie's about. Abby Johnson is in the other room. Here. Our first order of business is to present Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year Award, Abby Johnson. This is Abby. She's our newest volunteer escort. Abby, this is Cheryl Alessandro. I'd be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. You'll actually be in charge of the abortions at your clinic. I have a chance to make a real difference. No matter what you do for the rest of your life, you're still going to be a baby killer. The only thing that's changed is you, Abby. Can you even hear yourself talk right now about these procedures? These are little babies. I'm not going to apologize for doing a job that helps women in crisis. There's still a part of me that isn't sure. I know. But the one thing that all experts agree on is that at this stage, the fetus can't feel anything. Sorry to bother you, but they need an extra person in the back room. Are you free? We commend the souls of these hundreds of children. And Lord, we pray to end abortion. I really appreciate what you've done for us. I'll not forget it. 22,000 abortions. How do I even comprehend that? Rough day at the office. You could say that. your dad and me, you are our baby from the moment of conception. We are paying you to be a perfect instrument of corporate policy. We are an abortion provider. I can't be part of this anymore. Everything that they told us is a lie. Don't underestimate the repercussions of this. You gotta be careful. Rhonda, please don't do this! Rhonda! Let me tell you what's gonna happen if you walk through that door. Congratulations, you've made an enemy of one of the most powerful organizations on the planet. If you think the trailer is powerful, wait until you see the movie. It is intense, you will shed some tears. Uh, many big, strong, mighty men of God have shed a few tears in the movie. Um, but I will tell you this, it's not condemning, it's not shaming, it's a, it's a message of hope, it's a message of restoration, and it's so important that we uh, see the truth of, of this issue that is currently so prevalent in our, in our country. Uh, and this movie just lifts the veil. So I'm excited to talk to you more about it later tonight. Does that sound good? Okay, oh my gosh, listen to the storm. Whew. I did not bring the Southern California weather, I am so sorry. You know, I just spoke at a pro-life event. It was so cool. And as I was speaking, a storm came in, and I said a couple things that the Spirit of the Lord was just so on, and thunder just cracked through the room. It was just such an awesome confirmation. So we'll see what God's going to do right now. <laughs> uh, so let me share a little bit of my testimony with you. I started my career as a teenager. I saw the movie Flashdance. Do we remember Flashdance? 
So I'm not kidding. Uh, when I saw that movie, I, I knew then I could actually be a dancer. I wanted to be a dancer. When I saw that movie, I realized you could become a dancer. And I went out that week after seeing the movie. I cannot believe my parents let me do this. But I got a big old huge perm so I could look like Jennifer Beals. Do you remember? And I bought a lot of leg warmers and warm around the house. So I actually brought a picture because I believe a picture is worth a thousand words. So there, there I am with the curly hair looking very flash dance, right? Now, I, this picture, now this next picture I don't let everyone see, but just so you get the full effect. Oh my goodness. Look at the hair. I was doing some show. Ladies, who else got the perm? Come on, let's be honest. This was the 80s. Who had the perm? Can we just take a moment of silence thanking the Lord that the perm is no longer in fashion? Oh my goodness. Th those were not our best fashionable days, were they? So I became a professional dancer, uh, worked, uh, toured the world with different artists, and I was discovered um, by Prince. He had an album coming out called Diamonds and Pearls, if you remember that from the early 90s, and he had two girls. He wanted identical twins, but he couldn't find identical twins, so he found me in another gown. He wound up naming us Diamond and Pearl, and we traveled the world with him dancing in front of audiences of 60,000 people at a time. So I brought you a little picture of that. There's that photo of, do you guys remember that album way back in the day? Yeah, it's like a walk down memory lane. So after that, I retired from uh, dance and went into acting and did all sorts of TV shows. One of them is a favorite of your pastors, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, you can just pop them up as I, yep. So I was on Buffy. I played the love interest to Giles. And it was around that time in my life where I really started to seek God. And it was during my time on Buffy, not on the actual show, not on the set, but during that time where I became a Christian. Because although I was really successful, I mean, in my 20s, I was living the dream. I had already achieved what most people strive their whole lives to achieve. I was on television, I was traveling the world, I was making a lot of money. I mean, I looked like I was the epitome of success. But the image that I was portraying on the screen was, was really different than what was going on internally. Uh, I was fearful, anxious. I was a chain smoker, and I could not get free from that bondage. Uh, but the issue I was dealing with the most was my relationship with food. I was really struggling. And you wouldn't know it by looking at me. Sometimes people say, oh, did you have a time where you were overweight? No, I've always been in shape. It wasn't about how I appeared. It was about where I was living on the inside. I was tormented, constantly thinking about food, what I would eat, what I wouldn't eat, how much I weighed. I would starve. I would binge. Then I would purge. I, had, I started to get caught up in eating disorders. So while I looked like I had it all in control, I was really suffering and struggling. So I started to look for answers, and I started to seek God. And, uh, you know, where I'm from in Southern California, Christianity is not really the most prevalent. So as I started to seek God, I actually got into the New Age movement a little bit, especially into self-help. So I was reading every self-help book imaginable. So I was reading my self-help books, smoking cigarettes, reading my self-help books, eating ice cream, and was not getting free. And only later I realized that self-help is kind of an oxymoron because myself was the problem. And if myself knew what the heck it was doing, I wouldn't have been in that problem in the first place. And self-help, you look to yourself to answer the problem that yourself has created. 
So I realized that I was not getting free with my self-help, and I needed something higher than myself. I needed something greater than myself. And the Bible says God's ways are higher, his ways are greater. And later I came upon a quote from Einstein, and he said this, no problem can be solved by the same level of intelligence that created it. Yeah, you can use that one. You can borrow that one. So I'm seeking God. I'm looking for God. But I have to be honest with you. I had some people talk to me about Christianity. But I was a little hesitant because I, I didn't see Christians uh, portrayed in a way that I wanted to emulate. I saw some Christian television that looked a little bit demonstrative, and I wasn't sure about that. And then coming from Hollywood, I mean, we know how Christians are portrayed in Hollywood, right? It's never the savvy, articulate, intelligent, powerhouse, faith-filled woman or man. You, you don't see that. It's usually, you know, the little conservative Christian lady, and she has her hair in a bun, and she's just speaking scriptures to everybody, and she's so sweet. And then by the end of the show, she's the one who killed everybody in the town. Right? So I didn't have an example of what it meant to be a Christian. And I honestly thought, you know, if I become a Christian, is God going to take away my personality? Is he going to take away everything that's fun? Do I have to, you know, go to Africa and sleep on dirt? And, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? But God is so awesome. And the Bible says he speaks in obscure ways. And I always believed in God. So I started praying. I said, God, you know I believe in you. You know I love you, but I don't get the born-again Christian thing. I don't get the Jesus aspect. How can there only be one way to God? Because the New Age teaches that there's many paths to God. But, you know, Lord, you know, what does a relationship with you entail? Are you going to take all my fun from me? So one day I'm reading a magazine, and I come upon an article of Michelangelo. You know who Michelangelo is? Who painted the Sistine Chapel. He sculpted David. So in this article... It said that when Michelangelo went to sculpt, he would stand in front of a huge slab of marble. And he did not try to create a statue. He already saw the finished masterpiece inside the marble. And all he would do was chip away at the excess that was keeping it from being the work that it already was. And when I read that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And God said, that's who I am. I'm not going to take away your personality. I'm not going to take away your fun. But if you'll allow me, I will chip away at the excess, these bondages, the issue with food, the fear, the anxiety. If you'll allow me, I will chip away at all of that and reveal the masterpiece that you already are. Mm. That's who our God is. He's not religious. He's not shaming. He's not condemning. He doesn't want to take things away from us. He wants to add to us. And he wants us to come into the fullness of the awesome creation that he made so that we can release the gifts that are in us, the talents that are in us, so we can walk in destiny. That's who God is. So he started doing all these things to woo me and pursue me. And finally, I gave my life to God. And I got into an awesome church and really started growing in God. But I have to be honest with you, my food issue got worse. And I thought, well, what the heck? Now I'm a Christian. Why is my food issue getting worse? And the Lord started to speak to me as I put away all my self-help books and actually started reading the book that can actually help you. Because God said, I wrote a book. Why don't you check my book out? So I started looking into that book. And uh, he showed me John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he said, now you're on the path of destiny. Now you're in my kingdom. But you better believe the enemy's going to turn up the heat. And he's going to go after these vulnerable areas, and he's going to try to take you out. 
So we need to get serious about this now. And I said, okay, God, I'm serious. I saw in the Bible that God said he was a God of freedom where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I said, I want this liberty. So I went to the Lord and I cried out and I said, God, help me. What is going on with my food problem? And right away, the Lord started to speak to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I had an impression. I had a knowing. I was thinking thoughts I had never thought before. And the Lord said, food is not your problem. I said, okay. He said, no, food is not your problem. You're merely using food as a counterfeit comfort. And then God right away took me to the word because he confirms things through the word of God. And he showed me in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. And he said, no, food's not your issue. Food is merely a fruit to an unhealthy root. Fruit is merely a symptom to the problem. The problem is emotions you don't know how to deal with, fear, anxiety, wounds, things that happen to you, betrayals. And you're looking to comfort and you're running to food to comfort you instead of going to the real comforter, the Holy Spirit. And that's why when you try to fix things, see, the world tries to teach us to fix things from the outside in. We have a food problem. We try to do diets. We try to do all these things from the outside in. And God said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about the fruit. If you allow me to heal the root, the fruit will take care of itself. And he said to me, if you allow me, if you will allow me, if you will open your heart to me, I will show you how to transfer your dependence from the counterfeit onto the true comforter. And he did. He took me through an incredible process of healing. And as I've spoken and traveled around the world, the Lord has shown me that counterfeit comforts are universal. For some people, it's food. It can be cigarettes. It can be alcohol, shopping, work, exercise. It can be things that are our God. You know, food is a blessing from God. That's not a demonic thing. But when we're using food to do something that food was never meant to do, it gets a hold on us, right? So there is freedom from counterfeit comforts. So I actually wrote this book, Counterfeit Comforts. And what, what this is, is it, um, there's a couple aspects to this book. It's about getting free from strongholds. But one of the things that's key is, as I've traveled and spoken for 20 years now, the number one thing I hear from believers, hear from Christians, is I don't hear God's voice. I don't hear God's voice. And I want you to know that we are called to hear God's voice. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Hearing God is not just for ministers. It's not just for prophets. It's not just for anointed people. It's not just for pastors. It's for every single believer. And our hearing is correlated with our healing because God will tell you things about you that no one else can tell you. When he spoke counterfeit comforts to me, a counselor didn't tell me, a pastor didn't tell me, he spoke to me. He gave me revelation about me. So I love now as a minister to help other people, not just give you uh, the answers, but help teach you and, and put you in a position where you are not just hearing from me, but you can hear directly from God and get firsthand revelation on your own. So I want you to know, if you uh, are hungry to hear God on a deeper level, I'm big on tools for transformation. I love tools, practical, applicable, biblical tools. Because sometimes I found when I was struggling, I would say, you know, Lord, I need answers. And I would hear all these teachings about, well, just abide in the vine. Just trust in the Lord. Just focus on the cross. And I thought, yes, all those things are good, but how do I do that? 
when I'm wanting to shove Oreos in my mouth, do I just find a cross and just focus on it? Do I just look at it? You know, what are the practical tools? What is the step-by-step to get free? So counterfeit comforts is chalk full of practical, applicable, biblical tools about how to start to transfer the dependence from the counterfeit to the true comforter. And I want you to know this book is not just for ladies. Now, when it comes to doing some of this deep work, this deep emotional work, women often have a proclivity to go in this direction a little bit more than men. But I've been sensing more than ever that the men, it's time for the men, it's really for all of us. The deeper we go, the deeper we go in the hidden place, the higher God elevates us. The freer we get from our wounds, the more we're a vessel that God can use to pour his spirit out. And that is not just for women, that's for men too. So I said, God, what am I going to do about this book that the, the, the publishers knew that women would gravitate toward it, so they geared it a little bit toward women. They put makeup on the cover. I said, no mighty man of God is going to sit in Starbucks reading this book with makeup on the cover. What am I going to do? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, make another cover. So I made this sticker this black sticker. Now my book says counterfeit comforts, freedom, the, freedom from the imposters that keep you from true peace, purpose, and passion. But this one just says counterfeit comforts, exposing the imposters. So this is like an espionage spy novel. This is a thriller. You know, no one knows what you're reading. So you, you just get the book. Put that sticker on it. Now you got a dude book. I've had so many ladies buy the book, read it, then they put the sticker on and just leave it around the house for their husbands to discover. So listen, I only have a few minutes, but I want to leave a tool with you. I want to, uh, this, I normally would want to teach this for about an hour, but we're going to go real quick because I want to put a practical tool in your hands. Does that sound good? Okay. So when I was looking for wisdom, I went to the Bible and I went to the book of wisdom, Proverbs. And right away I started to notice a theme as I was reading Proverbs, I started to notice that there were so many scriptures that talk about the words out of your mouth. And I thought, well, isn't it interesting that God's talking about wisdom, and yet so much of wisdom is determined by what comes out of our mouth. I started looking up the words mouth, lips, and tongue. And do you know that in the book of Proverbs alone, there's almost 100 scriptures that use those words, mouth, lips, and tongue. So listen, let me read you a few real quick. Proverbs 13, three, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And I thought, well, what does that mean, guard your mouth? What are you guarding your mouth from? Don't you just say whatever you think and just say whatever you feel? And God said, yeah, that's what natural people do, but that's not what supernatural people do. Okay, Lord, show me more. Because I was, I was just coming out of the world. So I thought, what do you mean guard your mouth? Don't you just say whatever? Then the Lord led me to this, Proverbs 18, 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. And that word soul jumped out at me. So I looked up some more words with soul, and here was another one. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. So there's two scriptures that say, 
if our mouth goes in one way, our soul will be destroyed. But if our mouth goes in another direction, we'll actually guard and protect our soul and keep it from troubles. Now, this is very important. Third John 2 is one of my core scriptures, and it's actually the, one of the core scriptures of counterfeit comforts. Third John 2 is, beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and are in health even as your soul prospers. So our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So the, to the degree that we prosper in our mind, our will, and our emotions is the degree that we will prosper in life. And then one of my all-time favorites, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, wait a minute. I thought death and life were what happened to me in the world. If something bad happens, I lose my job, that's death. If something good happens, that's life. And God said, no, 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 no. Death and life have nothing to do with your circumstances. Death and life have to do with what you think and what you speak about your circumstances. So let me tell you what I did. When I started to get this realization about the power of the tongue, I started to realize what am I thinking about? What am I speaking? You know, 2 Corinthians 10 talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And I had strongholds. So I started to identify the lies that the enemy was telling me that were trying to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. And I went to the Word to find out what does the Word of God have to say? So I dealt with fear. Fear was one of the things I dealt with. So I said, okay, let me do what the Bible says in Ephesians 6. Do we know Ephesians 6 that talks about the armor of God? Are you guys with me? So do we know that all the pieces of armor are all protective pieces? They're all defensive pieces, but God gave us one offensive weapon with which to fight. Do we know what that is? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's the same way Jesus fought the enemy in Luke 4 when he was brought into the wilderness and Satan came. He spoke the word. That's how he fought his battle. So when I started to learn this, I said, okay, fear, I'm dealing with fear. And I found what scripture says, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I remember one day I was driving in my car and I lived like most people live. The fear would start to, you know, you start to feel feelings of fear. You start to think about anxiety and you ruminate on it and you meditate on it. And one thought begets another thought begets another thought. And you don't realize that you're abiding in it. And then you start to have a full-blown anxiety and panic attack, right? But when you start to learn these spiritual principles, you say, wait a minute. This is not from God. So I started to say out of my mouth, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and I said it. And then I heard this little voice in my head say, hello, crazy person. Hi, crazy lady. You're just saying a sentence over and over. Do you really think that's doing anything? And I knew when I heard that, that it was doing something. And the enemy was trying to get me to stop from speaking God's word. So I said, I don't care how long I have to say it, I'm gonna stand on the word of God until I see my circumstances align. When I was dealing with anxiety, I grabbed Philippians 4. I am anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I make my requests known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding guards my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. When I would feel that, that unction to eat and to binge, I would grab onto John 4.32. I have food to eat of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let me tell you, this is just a brief overview, and you'll probably only grab onto a little bit of it, but it's really fully uh, laid out in the book. But if you can actually start to apply this biblical tool that God gave us, your life will radically, 
radically change. When we become Christians, we all get a sword. But mastery with the sword is up to us. And there are very few that are masters with the sword. For some of you, this teaching might be brand new and you've never heard this before, and it's time to actually recognize that you have a sword and learn how to use it. Others of you that have been in the Lord for a long time, we can always go to another level of mastery, right? We never get so mature in God that we can't master the principles to another level. So now instead of just teaching, let's do a real quick training. I want you to stand up. We're going to start to use our sword. So we're going to just flow in the spirit just for a couple minutes. I invite you to close your eyes. You don't have to, but I think sometimes it's nice to get out of this tactile realm and to really connect. I encourage you to, to, to repeat after me and just speak with boldness. Even if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. Fake it till you make it. Okay? So let's just do this. Repeat after me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I am strong. I feel strength rising up in me and squelching fear, worry, anxiety. I am not weary. I am not tired. I am not giving up because I know in due season I will reap if I do not lose heart. God is with me. God is with me. He loves me. He forgives me. He is not thinking negative thoughts about me. The Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I am in Christ. Therefore, there is no condemnation toward me with the authority I have in Christ. I command every lying, condemning voice go from my life. Every voice that tries to tell me I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, God's mad at me, you're a liar. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a purpose and a destiny for my life. Right here, right now, I'm stepping in. Take a step forward. Say this, with that step, I cast off the old, the lies. I leave the beggarly garment behind and I step in to the truth that I am chosen, I am loved, I am adopted. Prince of Peace, touch my mind. Touch my heart. I receive. Depression, you have to go. Oppression, no more. Peace, I receive. 
Now let me say this to you briefly. Because this house is a house of miracles, and I know you're doing Miracles Wednesday, but God doesn't need to wait till Wednesday. <laughs> because the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So everything he did in the Bible, he's still doing right now, and he wants to do right now. Right, right, right now in this second for you. So say this, Father, I need a healing touch in my heart, in my body. I believe that you heal. The word says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of me, healing my body. Jesus, touch me in the place in my body. I need it most. I receive, I receive, I receive. Now breathe it in. Ooh, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, angels, that you're all over this place. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're touching bodies, that headaches are being broken right now, that pain in the neck from car accidents and injuries being loosed right now, that issues with the wrist, if that's you, just move your wrist around. Any part in your body, just start to look for the healing. Just start to look for the healing. Thank you, Father, that you're moving all throughout this room right now, releasing pain, releasing torment, grief and heaviness in the heart. You've got to go now in Jesus' mighty name. Sorrow, guilt, guilt. Thank you, Lord, that guilt is lifting. Guilt is lifting now in the mighty name of Jesus. You can let it go. You can let it go. You can let it go. You don't need to carry that. We've all made mistakes. God is a forgiver. He's washing that as far as the east is from the west. That sin is forgiven. Let it go. 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 <sighs> forgiven. Washed clean. New. 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 New in your body. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of restoration. Restoration upon the body right now. Healing. 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 Going forth. Yes, it's real. Yes, it's real. God is real and he loves to heal. God is real and he loves to heal. This isn't crazy, it's not weird. It's just what God did all through the Bible and what he's doing right now for you because he loves you. Just say, thank you, Lord, for touching my body. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. I am free, I am free, I am free. Never to be the same from this moment forward. Holy Spirit, teach me how to use my sword. Teach me how to fight the good fight of faith. Teach me how to not be moved by symptoms, but only to believe and to stand on the Word of God. I am going forward like never before in destiny, in victory, in love, in forgiveness, in compassion, in power, in Jesus' mighty name. Woo, amen. Woo-hoo! <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Woo. Oh, thank you, God. You just preached yourself happy. Have a seat for one second. Doesn't that feel great? Doesn't it feel great to use your sword? 
I want to hear, I'm sure you got, there's some testimonies, so make sure to tell your leaders some of the testimonies of what you felt break off your mind, what you felt loose in from your heart, and what you felt shift out of your body. Now, I'm a believer of resources. You know why? The Bible says, and I'm just going to do one more minute. The Bible says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And renew, if you look it up in the Greek, there's two definitions I love. One means to replace, which means we replace the stuff from the enemy, the lies and the thoughts with different thoughts, and by speaking the word. That's how we renew our mind by replacing. But the other definition of renew is repetition. So we have to take these truths in our minds, in our ears continually. We need to do it again and again and again. So I'm a huge believer in resources and in feeding our spirits by listening, by reading, because the more we inundate ourselves with um, words and, and teachings that are chock full of the spirit, the more we, we learn to abide in that truth and not just hear it for a few minutes on Sunday and then go back into their old pattern. We need to really marinate in it. So uh, I will have my book out and I'd love to sign it for you guys, but I also want to offer you some free resources. So I have two teachings. One is called Tools for Transformation. This is one of my most popular teachings I've ever done. It's some of my testimony and it's also this tool of renewing the mind and speaking the word. The second teaching is called Speak Life. And this isn't really so much a teaching, but it's what we just did here, but it's about 30 or 40 minutes of speaking the word of God over your marriage, over your destiny, over your health, over your finances, over your kids, over your relationships. And let me tell you, it's powerful because the word of God works. So while you're learning how to get your own arsenal of scriptures like I did, this will be a great resource for you to pop in your car or listen on your phone and just start to practice using your sword of the spirit. These are my two most popular teachings. I've sold them all over the world. Usually I have them on the product table, but I felt by the spirit that I want to sew these into you today as a free gift because I want you to take what you got today and really have it go to another level. Does that sound good? Are free gifts good? Yeah, I think free gifts are good. So real quick, this is how you get it. You text, it'll go right into your inbox, right into your email. So pull out your phone right now or make a quick note. You text the word Robia. Look, I tried gifts, I tried all sorts of things. They were taken. The word gifts was taken as a keyword. Robia surprisingly was not taken. So type in Robia, make sure it doesn't autocorrect, R-O-B-I-A, to the number 66866. You put in your email and you will have right now in your inbox those two free teachings for you to download. You can listen to them, you can share them, you can do whatever you need to do with them. So bless you guys, it was an honor to be here with you. I hope that you really experienced God's presence this morning because that is my, my heart and I look forward to seeing you guys tonight. Bless you. Mwah.